Will South Korea have the most futuristic ride in the world? Who wants to have a hot dog themed wedding? What is the weird trait that one in five people have? Find out the answers to these questions and more on this episode of Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story this week is Supernova News. This is from Gizmodo. And the headline is, See how different this supernova looks to Webb versus Hubble. That's right. Ooh. The James Webb Space Telescope is back. In a big way. Um, or at least in a, this pic, it, it took another picture. Um, <laughs> so about 340 years ago, a brilliant light appeared in Earth's uh, night sky. A distant star had died in an enormous explosion. Um, that light, which we now know is from the supernova Cassiopeia A, has just been captured in never-before-seen detail by the Webb Space Telescope. So basically, yeah, it took a picture of this supernova that happened, or at least the aftermath of it, um, which we have captured with Hubble before uh, in 2004. And yeah, when you compare it to that image, you can see how much more detail Webb captures and how significantly the spectral range of an observatory influences the way we can see space. Um, And by that, they mean Webb sees the cosmos in infrared, uh, while the Hubble sees in ultraviolet. And that's why the... Part of the reason why the images look so different, the other obviously being that the cameras and technology on it are much more advanced yeah. <laughs> than Hubble's were. Yeah. Um, so Cassiopeia A may have been uh, documented as early as 1680 by astronomer John Flamsteed. Wow, I've never heard of John Flamsteed. Well, now you have. But yeah, I also had never heard of this man. <laughs> um, but its discovery was made official in 1947 by radio astronomers in Cambridge. Uh, it is the strongest radio source in the sky beyond her solar system. Oh. Um, and, yeah, and though in the web image, which was translated from infrared to visible wavelengths, the outer rim of the 10-light-year-wide remnant of this uh, star is deep orange, uh, signifying the presence of warm dust produced when stellar material came in contact with material around the star. Um, and, yeah, towards the center of the image are... Heavy elements from the deceased star, including oxygen, argon, and neon, as well as some more dust. And in uh, the nearly 20 years between Hubble and Webb shows the expansion of the nebula in the aftermath of the stellar explosion. Though, personally, like, looking at the two images, I couldn't really tell the difference as far as, like, it expanding. Mm. Um, Maybe I just have an untrained eye. Uh, But, yeah, so first I'll show you. This is uh, the Hubble version of the image, which is still pretty that, stunning. I was just, just going to say, that looks really cool already, so now I'm like, yeah. what is the other one going to look like? So this is the James Webb version of that same Whoa. image. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. There's a lot more going on. Um, so the orange parts from the outside are the dust, I believe, that the that the story was referring to. Um, the warm dust that like kind of surrounds it. Cause those aren't even present in the Hubble image. Yeah. Um, as well, they also noted like this green thing in the middle, like just like, isn't even there in the Hubble image. Um, but I don't know if they knew what it was. Oh, but yeah, looks pretty similar. Um, that purple part is purple part. 
Oh, just the main, the main part. Oh, like the in the, in the middle the, there. The whitish, circular. Yeah. Shape. <laughs> I don't know how else to. <laughs> it kind of looks purplish to me from where I'm looking at, it, but yeah, that like it looks like it. Almost, um, it's like brighter. Yeah, and maybe that's what they mean is that it's just kind of like. In some parts, it looks like it's maybe expanded in size a little bit, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just because they captured more detail or if that's the actual like expansion of the thing. I yeah, know. I don't know. Either way, but it's a gorgeous image. Um, it's beautiful. It's very cool to see the the comparison between the two. Just like, yeah, like the Hubble image looks looks really cool as well. But then as soon as you see the web one, yeah, it's just like it's so it's so much more detailed. It's so crazy how that is because when you showed me the Hubble one, I was like, wow, that's I know. like I amazing, like, right? Like it's beautiful. When I first saw picture. this story, I was like, oh, the Hubble one's like actually really stunning as well. But then you see the like, web one, it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're like, barely okay. seeing any of it in that in that older older oh, image. But wow. Yeah. That's the uh the latest from Web. Oh, every single photo, like they're all just stunning and gorgeous, and you incredible. You can just stare at them forever and keep catching new things. Okay, my first story is Ferris wheel news. This is from mymodernmet.com, and the headline is South Korea announces construction of enormous futuristic spokeless Ferris wheel. Wait, spoke. Spokeless. How? I guess that's the question. That yeah. it's it's new technology. Okay. It's magical. It's I'm, the future. Yeah, I'm very interested in how this works. So South Korea has announced it will be building the world's largest spokeless hubless Ferris wheel. The futuristic structure is called Seoul Ring, and like it's the city name. Like Seoul? the city name Seoul. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's set to go up in Hanyul Park, which is near Seoul. And the location will mean that guests will get a sweeping view of Seoul's Hangang River. And this project is scheduled to be completed by 2025, which is actually pretty soon, considering the scale of this. Hmm. Um, it has a diameter of 590 feet, or 180 meters. Wow. Um, that is very large. It, it's large. <laughs> The Seoul Ring will become the world's second largest Ferris wheel after the Ain Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, which I guess is the world's largest Ferris wheel. However, this will be the largest Ferris wheel without spokes or hubs. Like, I don't know, apparently this has been done somewhere else, but like on a much, much, much smaller scale. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm still having I'm going to show you photos. I mean, I don't exactly know how exactly it works, but I'm going to show you the, hopefully the pictures will kind of sort of explain it. Yeah, I'm still enough. just having trouble imagining how this would work. Um, the, <laughs> the thing they just float in mid. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's, not true. <laughs> it's just magic. <laughs> I'll show it's you. It's like, in a second. oh, by the way, magic's real, and this is what we're using it for. <laughs> yeah, this this is the first application of real magic. Everyone. <laughs> um, the attraction will be powered by solar energy, and it will feature 36 glass capsules, which each hold a maximum of 25 guests. Um, so they're going to be these wow, like observation pods. Yes, this thing is enormous. This whole thing is enormous. Each wow. pod, yeah, holds like twenty. It's like a glass observation pod thing, and it yeah, tw- yeah, twenty five. So like the observation deck on like a building, but in a Ferris wheel pod. Yes, basically. Yes, gotcha. And the city is hoping that at least twelve hundred people a day will hop on for a ride because it's. 
don't know. They're ho- they're hoping it's <laughs> to justify going to, the cost <laughs> to justify the cost of the project that wasn't stated, but it was implied. Okay, here are the pictures. Okay. So this is the first one, the faraway view of what it's going to look like. Okay, that's just a big circle. <laughs> that does not help. It's the soul ring. <laughs> you must call it by its name. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, and this is a, a rendering of like what the inside is going to be. So if you can see it, it kind of is like there's like a track oh. on the inside of So it's kind of like a structure. roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way that's to think a, about it. But a big circle... Still don't really understand how that's going to, like, I is think the whole outside of the pod must be able to go on the track? There's, like, it looks like in, the, at least in this rendering, there's a track that goes above it and below it. Uh-huh. So, just for the listeners, since they can't see the photo, it's like a hollow ring, like, almost like a donut, and the pods are inside of that ring, and there's a track on, up on top of the pod and below the pod that seem to be controlling it moving through the ring. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I basically, I think it's like a roller coaster in, type yeah, of in setup. In theory, I can see how it, it would work, yeah. I don't really understand why. <laughs> Wait, why not just make it a traditional? Why not like, just make it a traditional? Because I feel like the fact, like, you're kind of losing some of the like viewing angles by having like a track all the way around it instead of just like a hanging uh, um, container of people. I don't know. Yeah, maybe just That's from the, point. yeah, the picture, just the picture of the design. I just wonder if you're going to, I mean, you'll still have stunning views, I'm sure, but it just seems yes. like you're needlessly limiting it and complicating <laughs> something that like otherwise makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Maybe this is more feasible on that scale. Maybe. I really I have also, no idea about like, the, article, the physics of a Ferris wheel. I think um I think it's really unique. Oh yeah, definitely that cool from that aspect. And the article also mentioned that part of this I'm I'm not gonna explain this right because I didn't take notes on this part, but they positioned it in a place relative to the city that's like in the direction of North Korea too, and they want it to be like a symbol of like a future of like peace between the countries or oh, something like because that. it's like a it's like a it's like a gate kind mm-hmm. of so that was part of the part of like the, placement the design and design placement, too yeah. okay no, i like that mm-hmm. that's a nice explanation yeah um so i don't know i just think it's funny that like every major city in the world needs to have a giant, a Ferris, giant wheel Ferris wheel for some reason yeah except <laughs> like, i mean do we have any in the u.s i guess we have like is there's I guess there's uh, a couple on like piers. There's in one areas. in Chicago. There's yeah. one in Las Vegas. Plus, I think there's one in uh, one of the Cal- major California cities. I think they have a pier that has one too. Nothing like, on this scale necessarily. Yeah, but, no, not like this. But there's always like. But then there's like the London Eye. Yeah. Yes. That that's more of what I was thinking. Like. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other cities that have them, but I don't know. I feel like it's just like a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think every city should have one. <laughs> yeah. Let's Why re- not? Let's reframe it. I, every yeah. city. <laughs> Every city needs a giant Ferris wheel. Yes. So this, I fully support this project. (laughs) My next story is hot dog news. This is from today.com and the headline is the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile is turning into a wedding chapel. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. um, I'm also going to, 
propose that this gets added to that list of headlines that we <laughs> talked about last episode. I know. I'm, I'm, I've, I've been finding some real winners lately. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, you know I saw this. I was immediately like, yep, that's yeah. one of my stories this week. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... On April 10th, Oscar Mayer announced that from April 15th to, to the 16th, so not a very long range of time, uh, its famous Wienermobile will transform into a limited-time chapel for cu- uh, couples to get married in in a once-in-a-lifetime, all-expenses-paid wedding the brand is calling the Wienermobile of Love. What? Just horrible uh one of <laughs> one of the six vehicles in the wienermobile wienermobile fleet will be making a stop in las vegas for the event so apparently there's six of these things around the country i'm it, wait that's this weekend 15th to 16th yeah i think i'm so. gonna be in las vegas this weekend see if you can should i like way. try to find it and just take a well, photo t- for I'm the show i'm gonna tell you where it is <laughs> okay <laughs> so you can try okay. um so in a press release oscar meyer said 72% of couples report feeling stressed about their wedding day. Like to meet that 28% that's just like, this is chill. Um, but <laughs> so Oscar Meyer is sparking smiles and providing welcomed relief to couples looking to trade in a big wedding for a stress free, unique, and joyful celebration, hot dogs included. Uh, Oscar Meyer is bringing some much needed relief by providing couples the chance to trade in the hoopla of a traditional wedding. <laughs> hoopla is their hoopla? word. Hoopla? <laughs> uh, in favor of something stress-free and fun, an elopement to the Wienermobile outside the iconic Little White Chapel in Las Vegas. So if you want to look for it, it'll be at the Little White Chapel, which is... Okay. I mean, if you search for that, you'll find it. It's iconic, I guess. They said that, that's what they said. Um, <laughs> it, is an, it is iconic. It, a lot yeah, of people visit that. A lot that, of people but... have yeah, gotten married there. Not as, and a lot of those marriages probably didn't last very long. Yeah, who knows? Uh, <laughs> according, according to the 140-year-old company, which, wow, uh, the Wienermobile gets thousands of requests to attend surprise proposals and weddings across the country every year. Really? Thousands. According to them. What? <laughs> I mean, are there? I don't wow, think I, I would think... want it there. <laughs> I don't think. Like. I, can I make a request for the Wienermobile to not be there? Yeah. <laughs> can I, like, can I'm you be very, very far away? And tell them to be really far as away. As far as possible. During certain dates of my life. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess people really love hot dogs that much, huh? I guess. But, like, you can just have hot dogs. You don't need to have a hot dog-shaped car nearby. Um, the wedding will include hot dog-themed elements, like a live Wiener Whistle Quartet, which is apparently what? a quartet of people that like it's like a barbershop quartet, but that's what they call it for some reason. Um, a quote wonderfully odd wiener cake. Which I don't know. I, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> I, I hope it's just shaped like a hot dog and not like made from hot dogs. I also really hope it's just like a cake that looks like it's a hot dog, like I, one of those like you know yeah. fondant stylized. Yeah, that's that's. And if it's not, I don't want to know. I just want to live, continue living in an ignorant bliss. <laughs> um, uh, they'll have photo ops and a pun-filled ceremony if the couples so choose. Why which puns? What does that have to do with like hot-, hot dog puns? Probably oh. in the actual ceremony itself, which sounds terrible. Um, uh, 
The ceremonies will be. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> oh, sorry. Was that? Wait. Do we need to stop there for a second? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know why, but this vision just popped into my head of like a priest going, "Hot dog, would you like to kiss the bride?" Alex, I have a feeling that's like the best case scenario for this. <laughs> that's what popped into my head. Okay, continue. Uh, yeah, I, I'm terrified to know what that ceremony would sound like. <laughs> um, so the ceremonies will be officiated by uh, Oscar Mayer's very own hot doggers, who are the official spokespeople of the Wienermobile and travel in pairs on a coast-to-coast wiener roast year-long tour every year. So I'm learning a lot about the lore of Oscar Mayer from this yeah, story because apparently they just have these people that travel with the car and are like the MCs of it, I guess. I, I really don't understand most of this. Um, <laughs> and yeah, interested couples can sign up for the opportunity on the Oscar Mayer website starting April 10th and will be selected on a first come first served basis. Uh, and the release also says the event is BYO marriage license. <laughs> so, yeah, something tells me this isn't going to be super official. Uh, you're going to probably have to go through a court courthouse anyway. This article anyway. is everything. It's okay. so unhinged. Uh, BYO marriage license. Also, they only give you a few days to sign up. Yeah, I know. That's the thing is, like, they're announcing it today when we're recording a little early this week. But, like... Yeah. You have to basically sign up like, right now, right now, for like this weekend. For this weekend to get married in Las Vegas, so I feel like there's a very narrow, like, group of people that this could be applicable to. But like, you know, maybe they did that on purpose because that's who they want. That's the people they want. They want the the, the crazy people. They want, <laughs> they want the people that see this and are like, "Stop Absolutely. everything! We're doing this." Yeah. That's who they want. Our wedding was going to be hot dog themed anyway. <laughs> wow. That is wild. It's, it is a lot. There's a lot going on. Oh my gosh. Just, well, yeah. The idea of a hot dog wedding, but also like all of this stuff going on with the Wienermobile that I did not know was a thing. It is just, I am overwhelmed with information. <laughs> Well, I just think it's amazing that I'm going to – I just happen to be going to Las Vegas this weekend. So if at all possible, I will try to observe yeah. the, the – Track down the little white chapel and see if you can watch Take some hot, pictures or something. Watch a hot dog wedding. Yeah. Maybe you'll get there at the time that a couple is going for the pun-filled ceremony and you can report back. <laughs> yeah, what? on the pun-filled uh, ceremony. Yeah. Oh, uh, Wow. Incredible. I'm at a loss for I'm at a loss for words. Okay, my next story is science news. This is from sciencealert.com. The headline is Misophonia turns out to be way more common than we thought. I believe you know that. What? Yeah. Yeah. Misophonia. I'm pronouncing that right, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So This is how the article opened this. Most of us can relate to that intense, spine-shuddering feeling of repulsion when hearing someone scrape their nails down a chalkboard. Uh. But for some people, such intense reactions to noise can also be triggered by much more common mundane sounds. This sensitivity is called misophonia. And a new survey out of the UK suggests 
more people suffer from it than previously thought, or at least known. Yeah. So trigger sounds for this include things such as chewing, chewing. <laughs> slurping, snoring, and breathing. And response- Breathing? <laughs> yeah, it's listed breathing. I don't know. Hey, can everyone else just stop uh-huh. breathing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really eking me out right now. Well, can you imagine if that actually bothered you in the same way as like a chalkboard thing? Like how annoying Sometime, your life would be? That's the thing, though, is like sometimes it does. Wait, like really? if somebody's breathing like I really you just loudly. Had, like, the chewing mouth. The sounds. chewing definitely bothers me, but like sometimes if somebody's like breathing really audibly and like I catch on to it, like I can't like not focus on it. It really bothers me. Really? Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What about? I'm s- laughing about breathing, but. <laughs> But actually, it okay. but actually it does kind of bother Slight me. Slight tangent. What about snoring? I haven't been in like, I mean, I guess growing up, like staying in hotel rooms with my parents, like my dad de- definitely snores. But I don't know. That's that one you almost get used to, and it's like only at night, so you're not really mm. hearing it for that long anyway. Yeah. They also okay. Sorry, I'm just like, what about <laughs> so they did um like make a differentiation in here between like. Like there's okay, there's like a continuum. There's a spectrum of this. Like like there's yeah. Well, you can kind of find it annoying, or you can actually have like a like a visceral reaction yes, to it, right? Which I think I'm probably more on the like the annoying side of that spectrum. Whereas like I like if somebody's breathing a lot and loudly, like I'm not like yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just like it's it's very it, it's hard really for me to focus on other things. Yeah. So. um yeah, so like it says here, it can range responses can range from mild irritation um and anger to distress that interferes with everyday life. Mm. So, it has that kind of like range in response. Um but so the prevalence of this condition in the UK specifically was analyzed in this new study published recently in PLOS One. Oh, PLOS One. Long Our, long time uh supporter of the podcast PLOS One. <laughs> yeah. 772 volunteers completed a questionnaire about potential trigger sounds and their emotional responses to those sounds. Um, And the questionnaire asked about five aspects of misophonia. So it was a sense of emotional threat, internal and external appraisals, outbursts, and impact. It it didn't go into details of what that meant, but there was like different like categories of responses possible. Yeah. Um, They also interviewed some people who self-identified as having the condition um, as well as people who did not or thought they didn't have it. Okay, so after they did this analysis, they calculated the prevalence of misophonia in the UK at 18.4% of the population, okay. which is almost like one in five people. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that finding, I think, was surprising because, I mean, it wasn't that surprising. It was just like... Yeah, I feel like it's not... Yeah. If the, If they're defining it so broadly as like intense irritation to like actual like if they just stuck to the one end that's like visceral reaction i feel like that's probably a much lower number but like intense irritation like it's still a thing like and if that's part of the definition then i'm not that surprised Mm -hmm. that it's that wide of a wide of a part of the population yeah that makes sense um and a note that they had in the article was like that part of the findings was that the people that they tested that they did categorize as having some level of this, like most of them did not know that term or know what that Mm. was, um, which was kind of like, I don't know, interesting and also a little bit sad because it kind of was like, oh, are there just like people that are like, oh, this bothers me, but 
I don't know what, like, they don't know yeah. that that's part yeah, of a like, common thing. How, how do you know you have something if you don't even know that something exists? Yeah, exactly. And now their eyes have been opened and now they'll hopefully not fixate on it. <laughs> well, no, I think it's more like just awareness of like, yeah, this this is a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other people have this. It's not just you. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can... I don't know, find others that have misophonia, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't know. I can definitely relate, that's for sure. Um, and they also said that they're hoping that this type of, like the survey that they used here could possibly be used by clinicians in the future to help diagnose this condition in people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know that that's really like done nowadays. I don't know. like specifically, Yeah. But well, and also is. like I don't know what, what would you really do. It's not, it's not yeah. like it's something you really treat. No. So... It's probably not that important to necessarily know that you have it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Could, but, help, you, uh, could help you help it feel more normalized, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, one in five people. So. Yeah, I feel like I'm probably one, You're of, one them. of them. You're one of them. We think. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, I don't know. I The chewing stuff really bothers me. I also, like, really, really hate watching other people eat, mm. which. Like, I think probably all ties into the same aversion, maybe. Like, uh, nothing is more upsetting to me than somebody, like, chewing with their mouth open. And I can watch, like, I can see it. It just really, really bothers me. (laughs) Which, like, is it's so funny to me that there's, like, videos that people watch of people eating. I know, Like, that's a whole category of thing where it's, like, people just watch other people eating food. I'm just, like, that's the most disgusting, upsetting (laughs) idea to me. Like... I don't want to see it in real life. I definitely would not tune into a video. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And then there's me where I'm like, this does not, this stuff does not make unbothered. me completely unbothered. I've never been bothered by like chewing sounds, anything yeah, like that, like good, at all. Good trait to have. I'm also not. <laughs> yeah. It sounds a lot more pleasant for mealtime. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you want to share a story with us about eating sounds or anything else, actually, please don't share that. Uh, you can send us an email at knickknacknews at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.